0: just a safe space where I share personal stories from my spiritual journey. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Earth Keepers podcast. Believe it or not, it's already the first week of March, which means the countdown is on to the spring equinox here in the Northern Hemisphere. Although we're still buried in snow and months away from planting a garden here in Northwest Montana, the longer, lighter days and the shorter, darker nights are the first signal that we're emerging from the depths of winter and that warmer days will be here soon. Since it's the first podcast of the month, that also means that I'll be energetically sharing the essence of a place in nature with you. What I do is tap into the unique healing energy of one particular place And then share that energy with your higher self. If your higher self would like to receive it, it takes that packet of energy from my higher self and will place it in your energy body wherever you most need it. You may feel a subtle charge of energy in a particular body part or energy center as the healing settles into your body. It's unique for everyone. The frequency of this place is gently vibrating through to you as you listen to this episode. But at the end, I'll take a moment to consciously share it with you. So be sure you listen all the way to the end today. The place I'll be sharing with you for this month is one of my very favorite places that has taught me so much on this journey of working with the land. It's a very energetically potent mountain that you may have heard me talk about before. While I'm no longer actively working with it, I still love to visit and enjoy the energy there. And since we're talking all about mountains today, I thought that would be the perfect place to connect you with. But more on that at the end of the episode. First, let's get into today's discussion how to energetically work with mountains. If you've ever connected with a mountain, you've no doubt realized what a massive and impressive being it is. A few years back, I was on a trip with my husband to the other side of the continental divide, right up to the Canadian border. And I was excited to see a very special mountain for the first time in person. It was winter, and so I knew I would have to admire it from afar, but luckily there's a spot to pull off the highway and see it in all of its glory. Chief Mountain. Partially inside Glacier National Park, partially in the Blackfeet Reservation, and only five miles to the border between the United States and Canada, this fountain sits out in front of the eastern front of the Rockies, making it visible for a hundred miles out into the plains. The mountain and surrounding area are sacred to the Blackfeet, and it holds great power and ancient knowledge. It's been used for ritual and ceremony for thousands of years. Said to be the oldest spirit of any of the mountains, connected to the creation stories for the Blackfoot and the place where thunder lives. You can understand why I was both anxious to see it, but nervous to connect with it. But I didn't need to be. This mountain reminded me that we are all one and that we could connect as equal beings. It asked me to share my healing energy with it, and then it returned that kindness by sharing its healing energy with me. A brief but beautiful exchange that I haven't forgotten. After sharing my experience on Instagram, I had a lot of requests to share more about making these connections. So I sat down to channel and asked for the highest being of all mountain spirits to share a bit more with me. And it did. The first thing to appear to me was the mountain I'll be sharing with you today, Columbia Mountain, which is only about 20 miles away from my home. At that point, I'd been working with it regularly, both in the physical and in journeys, for about two years. So I wasn't surprised that it wanted to connect with me now. But instead, it informed me that our work together was done. After two years of learning with this beautiful mountain, most of which included me saying, ooh, I don't understand, what are you trying to show me? As I bumbled around and learned as I went, I had apparently learned what it was I needed from her and it was time for her to leave me as a guide. I actually needed a moment to have a little cry before we parted ways. It was a bit like losing one of my best friends. At least in this case, I can still visit with the mountain. It's just that my mentorship with it was done. Once it stepped away, the collective of mountain energy stepped back in to answer my questions. What's funny is that it showed itself to me as a little wisp of air, not a big, strong, muscled spirit like I'd expected when speaking with a mountain. However, this spirit had plenty to share. The first thing to understand about working with mountains is that you're connecting with very ancient, deep energy. Their energy moves even slower than that of trees or plants, so we need to be a little patient with our communication. Not all of them like to be disturbed or want to interact with us humans, so we should always ask permission before setting foot on a mountain physically or energetically. To do that, stand at the base of the mountain in reality or in your meditation, ground and protect your own energy, and then ask permission to visit and connect with the mountain. You're more likely to feel a knowing than to hear an answer from a mountain or maybe a warmness in your heart. Remember, it's old, deep energy. Be patient and keep in mind That when connecting with a mountain, there are a variety of spirits present. There's the mountain itself, and then there are spirits who live on or in a mountain. Some you might want to interact with, and some you might not. And some may not want to interact with you. So don't force it. In fact, one of the most important things you can do when you want to connect with a mountain is to share an offering. It's a bit of encouragement to work with humans. And while they're incredibly generous beings, they prefer reciprocal relationships, just like I'd experienced at Chief Mountain. So what kind of offerings are appropriate? The spirit I spoke with suggested flowers, crystals, cornmeal, and tobacco as good options for offerings. Crystals can serve a dual purpose, since they can also help tune the energy of a mountain. Or you can collect flowers on the mountain and then offer them in a special way. But they specifically said not to offer seeds, probably because we don't need to be spreading around a potentially invasive or non-native species into the ecosystem. That being said, I will interject a word of caution here from my human perspective that the mountain wouldn't think to mention. Please be conscious of where you are in the world when making offerings. Although the mountain spirit may be fine with all of these offerings, if you're in a national park or a protected area, at least here in the United States, it's illegal to take or leave anything in a park. That includes picking flowers. So please follow the rules set forth by whatever location you are visiting. In protected areas, or really anywhere, you can offer a song, a prayer, a bit of water from your water bottle, a strand of your hair. They're all incredibly powerful offerings that are much appreciated by the spirits and won't break the rules of a protected space. So once you've made a connection with a mountain, what kind of work should you expect to do with them? Well, earth-based work, of course. Mountains receive, hold, and balance huge amounts of energy that pour onto the earth every day and are happy for some human help with this work our physical bodies are able to translate this energy through our body chemistry. We're like a yin to the mountains yang. The energy needs to be held by the mountain so it's not just zipping all over the planet, bonking into everything it touches, completely out of control and unusable. So the mountains can pull it down and hold the potential of this energy. Then we can consciously absorb the energy, kind of stepping it down before distributing it out into the grids. The energy the mountains are holding includes specific ascension codes that are coming to Earth, like keys to unlock our DNA. Each one of us will have to use the key to unlock the codes ourselves. And How exactly do we do that? Well, let me tell you a little story about how Columbia Mountain taught me how to do this. A few months before we moved into the home we now live in, I was living very close to Columbia Mountain and looked straight out at my kitchen window. One evening, we had a huge electrical storm and I stood at the window watching the lightning hit the mountain again and again. We don't tend to get a ton of cloud-to-ground lightning around here, so I just stood and watched this amazing storm. Then a week later, I sat down to do a property reading on my own property we were getting ready to move to and was immediately told no. Not today. I was confused. Why not today? Because you need to check in with the mountain today, the voice in my head said. Right now, I asked. I'd really rather check in with my property instead. No, it said. You do that later and you do this now. And when I say that I'm actively working with a particular being or spirit, this is what I mean. Sometimes they get very insistent and will Redirect me from whatever it is I thought I wanted to do that day. But in this case, as soon as I shifted my attention, three guides showed up. A Bigfoot who said, this is my mountain. Archangel Michael who said, you're going to need me, which let's be honest, that made me a little nervous. And a dragon spirit who informed me that it's her job to protect the energy on the mountain. Once they were all gathered, they started sharing information with me. This particular mountain is an important location and regulates its own energy. It receives these energetic light codes for humanity, but it can only store the raw data. It needs a translator who can more or less unlock the information and share it with the grids to make it available to people. And I can help to translate this energy. I wasn't quite sure how I was supposed to do that, but these guides showed me. In my journey, they had me lay my hands on the mountain, at which point I saw myself grow to be as large as the mountain in order to receive the upload. When I had received the information, I turned around and placed my hands on the valley floor and let the information flow out of me and into the surrounding community's grid when we're absorbing and grounding this energy, we become like tuning forks. We're emitting a healing tune out into the universe that is sensed over a great distance. When we shift to grounding the energy into the earth, the tone changes, and we're sending that energy deep into the earth and affecting many organisms, elementals, earth spirits, and the earth itself. It's also a kind of signal call that helps link our energy to others around the globe doing the same work. We're creating a healing grid, and the more people that are doing this, the faster the earth can shift. The first time I did this, my guides also asked that I help activate the energy all the way down the mountain range, since it was really only active in the mountain at the very tip of the range. So there I was in my journey, doing what they were showing me while giving my guides the side eye, trying to figure out if I was doing it right. Eventually, they said, you did it, and seemed very excited. It was very empowering work, matching energy with a mountain like that, but exhausting too. I did have to take a nap afterwards. They suggested that I should be receiving and uploading codes like this monthly to ensure it's transferred from the mountain to the grid. Although this all happened in early 2017 both my energy and the energy from the earth is so different four years later that much of this happens spontaneously now. I just need to visit a place in person or on a journey and the codes are instantly transferred. When I was done with my work that day, the mountain expressed its gratitude and my guide suggested that I give my thanks to it for the important work it's doing by scattering flower petals and being in ceremony on the mountain, which I did later in the week. In fact, I tried to write a blog post about my experience before going to the mountain with the offering and was told, nope, not until you finish your work. See how important offerings are? So as I wrapped up my interaction with the mountain spirit, it was pretty insistent with me. I was told that it's time for us to consciously live as one now. We cannot pretend that each of our actions are too small to matter anymore. Every action we take is a big one. So we need to choose carefully. When I came back into my body after communicating with the spirit, it took me a little more time than normal to come back to myself. I was intensely thirsty and felt a little loopy. After the mountain spirit departed, I checked in with my guides to see if there was any cleanup work we needed to do since I was feeling a bit off kilter. I wouldn't usually think that was necessary after a channeling, usually only after doing healing work. As it turned out, my guide said that what I was feeling is that the mountain spirit had shared a special healing with me and that as a result, my energy was glowing. So I'm excited to pass that along to you. Just don't be surprised if you're a bit thirsty or loopy afterwards. Okay, so there's nothing special you need to do as I share the energy of this mountain. If you're somewhere that you can close your eyes and consciously receive it, then you can do that. It will work no matter what you're doing. And now it will be silent for just a moment while I transfer the energy now. And so it is. I hope you are having an absolutely beautiful week. And before we part ways, I want to share a bit with you about the Earth Tenders Academy. Other than doing a few property readings and healings each month, the Earth Tenders Academy is the one and only paid offering that I share. I'm sure that you found your way here to the Earth Keepers podcast because you probably noticed at some point that nature is communicating with you. Maybe you aren't totally sure that you can trust that you're receiving these messages correctly. Or you might even feel a little nervous about interacting with the spirits of nature altogether. Unfortunately, communicating and doing work with the spirits of the land hasn't been taught in our culture. We're not sure what to do or how to do it, so sometimes we end up doing nothing at all. We'll wait around to receive information from these spirits... But communicating with spirit is an active activity. You have to learn how to channel so you can have a two-way conversation. It's also very common that we don't trust the information we receive. We worry that we're making it all up or imagining the messages that are actually coming through. But I've discovered that having a mentor and a supportive community as you're learning these skills makes all the difference. I spent years of trial and error working together with my guides to learn how to work with the land in this way. And let's be honest, it makes for some good stories here on the podcast. But in the Earth Tenders Academy, I share what I've learned to help you uncover your own gifts, work with your own guides, and offer your healing energy to the earth. The Earth Tenders Academy is a self-paced online journey with a supportive community, where you'll learn to work with the ancestors, the spirits of the land, and the energies of the earth to deepen your already strong connection to the natural world. Through the course, you'll learn by doing. Each of the nine modules include one or more video lessons from me explaining the concepts, followed by guided meditations, so you can experience the lesson and practice your skills as often as you'd like. You'll also be part of a community. Our spiritual journeys can often feel isolating when we don't know other people doing this work. The Earth Tenders Academy Facebook group is a place to share and connect with other like-minded people walking similar paths. Sometimes we even team up to work on projects together. You'll also receive ongoing support. Work through the course at the pace that's comfortable for you. I host two live calls every month for all Earth Tenders to practice our skills together answer questions, and chat about what's coming up for us as we do this work in the world. So if this work is calling to you, I would love to have you join our community. There's a link in the show notes to learn more and to join. Okay, that's it for this week's episode, and I will see you right back here next Tuesday.